0: Hello and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany.
1: And I'm Chris.
0: And this week we're going to be looking at Hunger Games through the lens of justice.
1: Yeah, this yeah. will absolutely be a good one.
0: I mean, there, there is no justice found in Hunger Games. That is
1: an <laughs> arguable fact. Yeah, that is totally, totally possible. <laughs>
0: So to lead us in to the discussion, we're going to be looking at a quote from uh, the first book. It's right after Rue is killed and Katniss is thinking to herself about resisting.
1: It's the capital I hate for doing this all to us. Gale's voice is in my head. His ravings against the Capitol no longer pointless, no longer to be ignored. Rue's death has forced me to confront my own fury against the cruelty, the injustice they inflict upon us. But here, even more strongly than at home, I feel my impotence. There's no way to take revenge on the Capitol, Is there? And of course, this is when she dresses Rue in the flowers and Mm -hmm. sings to her.
0: Something that's never been done on the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Um.
1: Showing love and solidarity for another Mm -hmm. contestant, an enemy. And I think that that this one's really good, not only because it has justice in in the title, and it's Mm -hmm. kind of where Katniss sees the injustice for the first time, or, or, or calls it out as injustice for the first time but Mm -hmm. she also resists for the first time. Yeah. You know, I think that...
0: I think she's always seen the injustice and it's bothered her, Mm -hmm. but not in a way where she felt that she could resist or there was any point in resisting or really saw it in, like, this larger system than just how it affected their daily lives. Mm
1: -hmm. Agreed, yeah. I think that's a better way of putting it. And and That's
0: what I'm here for. (laughs) To correct
1: me. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, But yeah, I think that that... this is really an interesting part because with her becoming the Mockingjay over the series and becoming the Mockingjay before she even herself deems herself the Mockingjay, yeah. this to me is the first time where she actively resisted, you know? Mm-hmm. But leading Absolutely. up to here, there's the, the romance with her and Peta and things like that. But that's things that are kind of put upon her, you know, by Peta sure. or by Haymitch or, or even by Cinna as someone who's, you know, making her the girl on fire and things like that. But mm-hmm. this was the her first action where she really stood up and said no to the capital in a way mm-hmm. that was public and meant to be a message. And her her becoming the Mockingjay is very fraught, and, and I think this is a, just a really interesting step on that that road.
0: Absolutely. So uh, the first part is going to be focusing on a character, which yeah. this week, it's my yeah. week for that. And there's so many characters, it was kind of hard to choose one, so I'm kind of cheating and I'm semi-choosing to... Through a, a contrast. Gasp. Uh, shush. Um, so, the character, I've, I've chosen both Gail and PETA, which is, of course, a fun versus anyway.
1: Oh, or have they been, been in competition about things? I mean. Do people put them against each other?
0: <laughs> anyways. So, yeah, Gail's sense of justice to me in the books is very much a. And justifies the means and Mm. the word justify comes from justice Mm -hmm. and so for him you know at the beginning he was angry about about the capital and about all of the injustice and oppression that they would cause but he didn't really have much opportunity to do anything about it, or if he—I mean, I guess he always could have resisted in whatever ways he wanted, but he didn't.
1: Well, he had other responsibilities. He had exactly. a family to provide for, and
0: so he was—he was looking at just like Katniss, mm-hmm. very much looking at the daily life and and the people that they loved. And it's not until book three that he takes up this role of, okay, I'm doing something, I'm taking mm-hmm. action for these things. And the actions that he takes are very much this and justifies the means. Like, we need to take down the capital and it doesn't really matter if what we're doing is moral or immoral. In the path to taking down the capital. Because mm-hmm. that end will be the justice. And so if we're killing children. If we're killing people who are already hurt. if you know, it, it doesn't matter. Let's set traps for people. Mm. That are, are based off of their emotions. And empathy and like these different things. And so it gets very dark. But for him that is a sense of justice. Because it's going to bring about justice in the end. Even if during the time. I don't know what he would argue. Usually he just points to the end.
1: And he he sees everyone within the capital or everyone allied with the Mm capital in the same way. Yeah. So that the people in the nut, whether they're District 2 or Mm capital, he's like, if you're working with the capital, you deserve to die, period. Exactly. If we can kill you, we will kill you, Mm -hmm. even if there's a way for us to possibly mediate.
0: Which is... Like, I understand his anger for sure. I mean, what the Capitol has done, what District 2, like all of these different things, like it is horrendous and Mm -hmm. inexcusable, but is just annihilating anyone to get what you want just. Mm -hmm. And obviously I would argue, no, I mean, this is what the Capitol does, right? They want to maintain power and they'll say, it's like, oh, it's because it's actually helping keep you all safe, which people always use whatever they want to justify their there ends. So, juxtaposed to that, you have PETA. And he has a very different way of embodying justice. And it's through a lot of individual acts that are subversive. And so, back from the beginning, you know, he burned bread so that he could give her some mm-hmm. because she was starving. And did he take abuse? Because of it, yes. But for him, like that was just a very small way of no this isn't right that this person doesn't have any food Mm -hmm. and we do so I'm gonna figure out a way to get some and then the beginning of book two when they're on their victory tour which is obviously horrible he pledges to give Rue's family Mm -hmm. some of their winnings like every year for winning the Hunger Games and that again has never been done later too he really takes inspiration from what Katniss did with Rue Mm -hmm. putting the flower and giving her this like kind of beautiful burial and he paints that as his skill mm-hmm. to be rated and that again is like this very subversive way of doing something of calling out this is unjust but not doing it in a way that's like causing other people harm or anything so
1: yeah yeah it's so interesting because I think He's so courageous from Mm -hmm. the beginning in that... And maybe it's because he realizes or he intends to die throughout. So he knows that he's Mm -hmm. not going to protect himself. But he's also not thinking about his family the way that Gale and Katniss do. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: he is subversive from the beginning. You know, he'll lean into the Hunger Games, but he'll also use that. And, And from the start, he will try to manipulate the games, not only to help Katniss survive but mm-hmm. to call out the games for what it is and to call out that injustice. And I think that that shows someone who is really powerfully motivated by justice in that mm-hmm. he is willing to risk everything in order to get that kind of justice. You know, at the beginning of book two, when, uh, you know, giving that kind of stuff to Rue, he didn't know that Snow had, had visited Katniss yet, but he did mm-hmm. know from the end of the first book that the Capitol wasn't happy with them, with the berries, you know, mm-hmm. and he still did this because it was just the right thing to do. Yeah. And that's so admirable. Absolutely.
0: So yeah, I think the the difference between both of their characters and how they view justice is just really interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely agreed. I I definitely was looking at that in this latest read through, like seeing Katniss between Gale and Peta not only as like, who does she love most, you Mm -hmm. know, but looking at it as like, she's kind of, influenced by both of them and moves mm-hmm. in either direction throughout the books. And uh, I think that that is one of the ways in which they are so different.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting to to think about the idea that Cadmus is choosing between two different ideologies. Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting other layer.
1: And on that note, at the end, the thing that breaks her and Gale apart is that Gale's bomb killed Prim. And so it was the ramifications of his ideology mm-hmm. that made it so that she chose Peeta. Like, she could not live with someone who helped in that. And that's also personal for her because she's also Katniss. It's
0: personal for her, but it's also she was uncomfortable with it while they were devising the bombs.
1: But it wasn't until Prim died because of them that she could not live with Gale, Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. Well, do you want to know my plot?
0: I mean, I guess.
1: We could skip it if that's better. (laughs) It might make for better radio. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so my plot is the treatment of the prep team in the third book.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's one of my favorite parts of the books.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, it's so well done because, you know, as, as a quick refresher, the prep team, um, had been taken from the Capitol. They didn't escape. They were not part of the resistance. They'd been taken from the Capitol because they wanted them to help, uh, Katniss with the propos, with the propaganda videos, um, and it was Sina's idea, but they were in no way told about it. Mm-hmm. And they had not had any real help changing from Capitol to District 13, which are just so vastly mm-hmm. different worlds. And so when Octavia stole, continued to steal bread at, at meals, because um, they weren't used to not having enough, not having as much food as you possibly could eat, mm-hmm. uh, They were jailed, but they were jailed in such an inhumane way. Yeah, you know they were left in a sterile room with a grate at the, you know, in it just clearly for their waste. Like, Mm -hmm. and they were secluded there and went through so much trauma and so such terrible things. And
0: and you don't know if they went through other forms of torture. Exactly.
1: Um, Yeah. And you know, the uh, Katniss mentions that. This is done at least in part because it's coin sending a message to everyone from District 13 that mm-hmm. they're all expendable, that they're all subject to District 13's justice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which in part we learned through the books for sure is coin's justice, you know, yeah. what serves coin. Mm-hmm. But in part we also see that, like, there is justice just an element of district 13 that believes in that because the guard himself it's not a high ranking guard it's not a guard who believe who understands like this message to them about district 13 yeah. but he's just like you don't steal bread like he looks at them like <laughs> they're dense like of mm-hmm. course this is happening to them because they stole bread this is yeah. what happens and um i think that there we see a very interesting form of justice because one when you take in coins perspective and coins uh yeah you know, the reason she's doing this, it's not justice at all. This mm-hmm. is, you know, power. <laughs> exactly. This is power. It's it's about maintaining power and control. Um, but there's a system of justice set up in District 13 that we're seeing here. And is that a just system, you know, like is a system where stealing bread, stealing something that you're trying to get to survive, you know, perhaps you're, mm-hmm. you're doing it in a way that makes it so others can't survive, which like, yeah, that's not good. But doing that in a way that uh, just doing that and that causing such severe punishment, you know, it's not imprisonment. It's not a fine. It's not anything else. It's literal. It's torture. And it's just such an extreme measure. And we see that, you know, if that is the way that the system works, what is the rationale behind that? Mm hmm. And it, to me, it sounds like that in and of itself is about control, you know? And District yeah. 13 is about control. And maybe they have reasons to need control. You know, they have a lesser... Uh, they, they have less resources in some ways. They have, uh, you know, a uh, population that's on the decline. But at the end of the day, they're still valuing control of their people over treating those people justly. And, mm-hmm. you know, the capital controlled its people you know, in the districts through that kind of authoritarian means, but they control their people within the capital through entertainment, you know, but it's still yeah. that same kind of control and still that idea of control over justice. And so this idea of, I think, 13 as the flip side of the capital, like the two of them are just kind of the same in opposite directions, mm-hmm. I think is really interesting. Um, obviously, that's not entirely true and always true, but I think that there's yeah. some some interesting reflections there.
0: Well, and a part of me wonders, too, like, would... Capital or would District Thirteen have treated anyone that way who stole bread? Like if it was citizens of District Thirteen, mm-hmm. would they have gotten the same punishment, or is it because these people are from the capital? Like maybe it would be the exact same across the board, or maybe this does have a vengeance with it mm-hmm. as well.
1: I can see both being true, mm-hmm. but I, I think that's really interesting, especially because you know Katniss mentions how for the refugees from District 12 who've had to hoard things and prepare for times when they will not have food.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Being unable to manage their food and the things that they need to survive, it rankles them. You know, it's something that they need to get used to because it's not something that they can really live with easily. Um, And we don't see anything there of something that happens to them, one of them that punishes them. But um, I think that it's interesting because it's not just capital versus district 13, like district 12 is there in the middle between the two. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Definitely. And then going back to just tying this situation back to the, the character point, Gail was like, why do you care about these people? Mm. Like, why do you care if these people were tortured? Yeah. Like they helped prepare you for the games and Katniss couldn't really explain it to him that these are people, and because they're people, they shouldn't be treated this way. And I do have some care for them, and they have some care for me, even if it wasn't care like Cinna had. Right. right? But yeah, where Gail just lumps everyone in the Capitol together, uh, when obviously you have Cinna, who was a huge factor in her being able to be this symbol of resistance. Mm-hmm. So
1: and yeah. and that's the thing is that the way that Katniss looks at the prep team is so fascinating th- th- mm-hmm. throughout the stories because throughout the books because um you know she starts off like just tro- hating them essentially yeah. or or despising their their opulence and then she grows to care about them and Mm -hmm. like kind of almost see them as children or as like Mm -hmm. so naive that, that she can't even understand it. And then, but then things will pop up like them gorging themselves at, you know, the piece, the feast at snow's mansion and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But when that happens, like, she's like, they cried when like I was going back into the quarter quell. Like Mm -hmm. they, they were sad for me and They were trying to help me in the way that they could help me. And when that was happening and when she was like, I can't deal with their crying. It makes me have to take care of them. That comes from her compassion. She is taking care of them. If she Mm -hmm. didn't care, she would just call them out. She would just write them off. But she does want to console them at that time because she cares about them, because they have that relationship. And yeah, Sina is actively resisting through the means that the capital gives him, you know, mm-hmm. in the same way PETA does as yeah. a contestant. They are not actively resisting. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they are necessarily actively reinforcing the the games, mm-hmm. you know? Um,
0: I mean, they're helping the games take place, right? Yeah. And they are standing for things that are bad in general, this idea of uh, this image of beauty Mm -hmm. and how people are supposed to look and and what's attractive and all of that which is obviously very problematic so i i enjoy katniss perspective and interaction with them because it's both compassion affection and disgust that is all kind of muddled Mm -hmm. because they are people and they should have done differently and if standing up means that they would be killed for it in the Capitol, yes, they should have done that. And, But they are still people here and they are not, they don't have the most evil intentions. Mm-hmm. And maybe they would change if they had other perspectives and if, if they had a different a different um situation than just living in the capital in this opulence right um, and actually having some understanding or education out outside of that, which I think i mean it it doesn't really go into it too much in in book three, but I assume since they were living in a very different situation and they experienced something that they never would have experienced otherwise that hopefully that would change them to be better.
1: Yeah. And they, they do actively help Katniss out, you know, Mm -hmm. in propaganda films against the Capitol. And it doesn't, like you said, doesn't go into their reasonings, you know, maybe they're doing it just because they're, they're afraid, but Mm -hmm. they are actively helping helping out the people who tortured them. Yeah. To defeat the place where they were able to live in safety and comfort, Mm -hmm. you know, and that means something. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, like, immorality of them living as socialized um, people of the capital who are benefiting and at times reinforcing these oppressive systems mm-hmm. is different than someone like President Snow who creates those systems and actively, actively maintains those systems. Yeah. Um, you know, naivete is not an excuse Mm-hmm. um ignorance is not an excuse to go back to one of our previous themes yeah but it does i think explain it more and it humanizes them in a way that it didn't for gail yeah um which yeah i think is you know i we, uh, one of our other themes is is personhood or humanity and i mm-hmm. think that that would be an interesting way of looking at this too is Absolutely. is how gail looks at them as people the capital as people and how people at the capital look at people in the different districts as people mm-hmm. or don't or don't yeah so. yeah
0: yeah so shall we move on to our compelling questions i think
1: that's an excellent idea
0: in book two mm-hmm. before the quarter quo starts mm-hmm. and they're all in the capital and they have their interviews and you have these different previous winners making these statements um and they're in their interviews and some of them are just being whatever, and others are kind of actively resisting on screen. Right. And, you know, Finnick says a poem, and um Johanna, like, just is upset about everything. Mm-hmm. And so you have all of these different things. And... Through this experience, the people in the audience that are watching are getting more and more angry Mm -hmm. to the point where when PETA makes his false (laughs) announcement of Katniss being pregnant, they just lose it. Mm -hmm. And there is like riots happening because they are so angry about that these like heroes kind of to them are back in this situation. Mm. And so my question is because The Hunger Games are so produced and this is like a reality TV show mm. where people aren't acting as they normally are, like as we can see. We see Katniss's thoughts and then we see what she says as the cameras are taping her. Mm-hmm. So like, do you think that something impersonal like reality TV can actually have a real effect on a population in regard to justice?
1: Yes, I think that it's rare to happen in mm-hmm. either case, uh, either reality or the Hunger Games, because in both cases, in both cases, it is produced. Mm-hmm. I think in the Hunger Games, it's um, it's less likely because the people who are watching have no actual ability to experience the lives of people from the districts mm-hmm. outside of the Hunger Games. And so the entirety of their knowledge of these people is produced. The only mm-hmm. time when it really, they can see that kind of uh sincere and genuine look at the people is when the people are doing interviews, you mm-hmm. know, and... Even then it can be produced in certain ways to, to make it not as as uh, as genuine. But um, so I think that makes it much less likely because in, in our reality, like if, for example, you see, um, you know, you're a straight person and you're seeing on a reality television show like Queer Eye representations of uh, gay men. Mm hmm you also have the opportunity to go and meet gay men or read from the writings of gay men. Mm-hmm. Whether many people will do that or not is a different thing. But mm-hmm. there is that opportunity, which I think helps increase not only the effectiveness of the reality TV, but also the the quality of that reality TV because it also has to be held accountable to gay men, mm-hmm. you know, because they're also part of the... Uh,
0: a wider community. Exactly,
1: the wider audience. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not entirely applicable, but to get back to your original question about whether reality TV can have effects on justice because it's produced, um, I think that you need to have a mission-focused station, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I was actually just talking to you the other day about, I listened to an older episode, Invisibilia, where they were talking about a reality television show that was produced in Somalia by the United Nations Mm -hmm. in order to create social change and make it so that um, the kind of stranglehold on even things like singing were lessened. like the norms of that society made it so like oh we couldn't sing it's not dangerous we can have personality we can do artistic expressions and things like that and so whether it can have a full-scale change no Mm -hmm. but can it have changes to norms and to to things like that I think it can and I think that um In small ways, I imagine shows like Queer Eye do affect the population because now it is seen as more normal to admire certain aspects of gay men, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Some of those
1: aspects can certainly still be problematic and, you know, but...
0: Or stereotyped.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think there is a possibility there. I also tend to be a more optimistic person. (laughs) So I might just be looking at this in a more optimistic light of saying like, yeah... Yeah, even if it's something that I don't always agree with, maybe some good can come out of it. Like, mm-hmm. But I do tend to see the world that way. And I think with reality TV, it's possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's me, uncommon.
0: Yeah. <laughs> For me, part of part of where I wrestle with this question is based on the idea of entertainment. Mm. You're not engaging with an issue because you're seeking it out because you care about it. But you're engaging something that entertains you. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you let that entertainment affect you. And you're getting pulled in because of what you like. And you're getting touched because of what moves you. And so, I don't know. Does it produce a real care? Hmm. I'm not sure. But for me, I think change happens through I mean change can happen in many ways but I think a common way it happens is through relationships and obviously you're not having a relationship with these people but in general at least for me who can be like a judgmental person sometimes Mm -hmm. (laughs) I the more I know about a person unless they're like doing horrendous things like just an average person Usually, the less harsh I would be. I still might have some of the same judgments, mm-hmm. but the more you know about them, the more they're humanized. And the more someone's humanized, the more you care if something bad happens to them or mm-hmm. if they're oppressed or these things. And so, yeah, I don't know. it's it's just an it's an interesting thing for me, but I guess my main question would go back to, is it that you care because it affects you? Or is it be- you care because it's an issue of justice? And and that would for me determine whether you're actually caring about justice or you're just caring about yourself.
1: Right. And then also does it actually make you care? Or does it just mm-hmm. affect the what you think is normal? And yeah. um, you know, that that same episode Invisibility it mentioned a, a a study that said that these kinds of things can that entertainment can affect You, the way that you perceive cultural norms, even if it doesn't affect your beliefs. So even Mm -hmm. if you think that something, you still have oppressive beliefs. If you believe that society as a whole does not agree with those beliefs, you are less likely to act on them Mm -hmm. because now you are fighting against that system. Yeah. You know,
0: that doesn't mean you're less racist or less sexist or whatever. It just means that because blank action isn't considered normal anymore, you're less likely to do it.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's a, it's a really interesting question that, um, I mean, for sure, most reality TV shows, I mean, almost all reality TV shows are made for the, with the intention of making a profit. So Mm -hmm. that is going to be their number one reason, whether they have a mission below that they want to do can be great.
0: Mm-hmm. Most of them
1: don't have that either. So
0: yeah. <laughs> they tend to just be
1: focused on the entertainment and a lot of times they'll lean into problematic and oppressive systems and, and stereotypes and Absolutely. things like that and representations in order to get people to watch mm-hmm. and to get those ratings and to get that money. And so reality as a whole, I think, can be really, really uh, negative in regards to leading us forward into progress and justice. But that doesn't mean that it cannot be used in ways that, that are more beneficial.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what's your compelling question?
1: My compelling question um, deals with the decision at the end of the trilogy. Yeah. Of the victors deciding in a vote of 4-3 to three to mm-hmm. have a new Hunger Games using the children of those in power in the capital.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so my question for you is... Understanding that this is being done to placate a vengeance-hungry populace, who would possibly have more violent acts without it, is it just to make this decision? And second question is, how does that, dis- how does Katniss voting for this affect your view of her as a character?
0: Yeah. So, ugh, there's so much to unpack. Okay. Well, first of all. Would be the definition of justice. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about justice, are we talking about what is fair mm-hmm. or are we talking about what's right? Mm-hmm. And so for me, looking to uh, South Africa at the end of apartheid and what what happened there, that it wasn't just, okay, everybody who's done these terrible things is now imprisoned. But people had to, to have, have accountability to communities, to people that they did terrible things to, and in a public way. And the whole situation was focused around actually bringing communities together and bringing forgiveness and healing rather than bringing what some people might consider justice. And I mean, we haven't just seen that in South Africa. We've seen that in many countries in Africa um, where it's even like rape victims Mm -hmm. like will face the person who um, raped them. And instead of that person going to prison, like it's a conversation and it's like, it's an apology and like, a forgiveness which i'm not going to make a a judgment call whether that's right or wrong because like that is such a intense issue Mm -hmm. um but for the people who chose to do that um you know you have a lot of stories of healing and so yeah i from my point of view justice isn't about what's fair Mm -hmm. um because that way it's like, oh, well, it goes back to that kind of eye for an eye idea. And it's like, well, you blinded me, so I'm going to blind you. Um, and so I, I consider things more in a socially just way and in a justice that has love and healing mm-hmm. in it instead of punishment and uh, retribution. So for me, I would say, no, this is not just that decision at the end. Um, Even if it would, you know, supposedly um, decrease the amount of violence that could happen in response, there were other ways that they could try. And um, I don't, it doesn't even seem, it doesn't even seem like those were considered, you Mm -hmm. know? And for me with Katniss voting yes, At first I was, like, very angry about it when I first read the books years ago. But then I was like, this whole thing doesn't make sense. Like, this just doesn't make sense. And for me, I don't believe that she was actually voting yes for, like, I want this to happen. Mm. For me, I believe that because it said she thought through everything carefully. And she was thinking about, like, what does any of this even mean? Like, is this how it originally was? you know, and people are dying and like all of these things. So she's thinking about this and the very next thing that she really does is kill Mm coin. And so I think that she was doing this in a way to get coin to trust her because I don't know if she was going to kill her then. I don't know if she was going to kill her later. Mm -hmm. I don't know if she would have been out in the open, like because she didn't trust Katniss, right? Mm -hmm. Coin did not trust Katniss And I think that maybe Katniss was trying to convince Coin that she could trust her and put herself in a vulnerable position where she destroyed her in the end. Uh, Because also, it's Katniss said like Haymitch was like looking at her and trying to decide what he's gonna do, and she was like thinking in her mind how much this. We'll see how much Haymitch actually understands me. So. I think that that it was very much like there was another reason or another plot behind it Hmm. rather than just
1: vengeance. I can see that. That's definitely not how I've read it. Yeah, Um,
0: it wasn't how I read it the first time because I was like, this just doesn't make sense with the whole message of the book and like everything. So then I kind of went back and like picked up on those little bits of why would they say this if there wasn't a reason, mm -hmm. you know? Also, I like to read it that way. <laughs> no, I, I would prefer to read it that way too.
1: It's something that has bothered me both times mm-hmm. reading through the series, and and uh, and yeah, it almost leaves a bad taste in my mouth with the whole series Absolutely. because it's like right there at the end, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think that for me, because she says yes for Prim, mm-hmm. which makes it sound so much like vengeance, like mm-hmm. you know, and. If they had said something about, you know, um, how after Coin's death, the new president had, you know, made a stipulation to not have a new Hunger Games or something that mm-hmm. led that to actually have that kind of yeah. happen, because it makes it sound like the Hunger Games just did happen. Like it doesn't. It's never brought up again after the decision's made. Oh, I
0: mean, it wouldn't happen under Paler. Come on.
1: I'd hope not, but. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's just... Well, but
0: see, for me, that was actually a key part that she said for Prim. Mm. Because she knows or thinks she knows that Coin killed Prim. Right. It wasn't the capital
1: that and killed Prim. so yeah, prim. I, I could see that. And so Hamish seeing... Picked up on her... Her like, reasoning. Say, like when she says for Prim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, her saying, how much does he understand me?
0: See, I'm I think it's very J. compelling, and
1: not not. Mm-hmm. I'm with Katniss. I'm with mm-hmm. the Mockingjay. Yeah, um, who's needed for one last thing? I mm-hmm. like that. That's my new headcanon. Yeah. Thank you very much. You're
0: welcome. Because
1: um, that does make me look at it, and uh, absolutely, a much because I way. was
0: really frustrated because I just felt like it went against so much of what it was setting up. But it was just so hypocritical
1: yeah. of mm-hmm. because she then kills Coin as someone because Coin is someone who's willing to kill children to get what yeah. she wants, which means the Hunger Games whether they are the official games or not, will continue, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, but she does this right after making the decision herself to literally let the Hunger Games continue. Mm-hmm. And so it's, yeah, it just felt so wrong. And so I can, I like that. Yeah. That's much, much better.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Someday we'll have to meet Suzanne Collins and be like, hey. Is this true? It's <laughs> better be true. <laughs> whether it
1: is or is not. Tell me it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I'll tell my podcast. Exactly.
1: <laughs> we just interview her for the podcast.
0: I mean, yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> well, so shall we move on to missed opportunities? Yeah,
1: missed opportunities. Um, so I, I can go first for this one. Go for it. Um, for me, the missed opportunity, and this comes from me as someone who, like, studied political science in school and, like, is loves the West Wing and is a bit of, like... politics policy law kind of nut um i would really enjoy seeing the actual trials going on Mm -hmm. after the war and see you know what these arguments for justice are Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: even be in part of a conversation about the hunger games the new hunger games with coin and her like her staff because it's not like the victors really argue about it that much. It sounds like Peta does, but Pat- Katniss isn't listening because she doesn't even meant she just like mentions, like, Peta says something about this. You know, like, she's mm-hmm. not relating that because it's so important to her. Um, but I think that seeing more of that, and especially seeing it in light of what are the new laws of the new pan am going to be, Mm -hmm. you know, because for me, justice does come with this idea of what is, you know, what does your society say is true, you Mm -hmm. know, like, so much of, of, I think, when I think of advocacy for justice and social justice comes for me from this idea of like, we have a universal declaration of human rights that says that everyone is entitled to these rights, like that, that everyone is born equal, like we as a society say this, but then we are not living up to that through these systems of oppression. Mm-hmm. And so it comes back to this, like, legitimacy of justice, you know, and when justice does not live up to what it's supposed to and and how laws affect that. And so I would really love to see more of that in the book. I understand that these books are not about that. Like, it's mm-hmm. not about, <laughs> you know, courtroom drama kind of yeah. things. Um it's about, like, people and power and how people relate to power. And I think that's really, really interesting. But I, I for me, a missed opportunity or something that I would like to have seen would be more engagement in, in that kind of legal area.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny. Mine is along the same vein where... I I wish that we had gotten to see a little bit more of the structure of society mm-hmm. in District 12. I understand that you can't uh, among Panem in general because there's so many districts and there's so much going on. But either w- in the capital itself or in District 12, I think it would have been really fascinating. Because in District 12, you have Madge's family, like, visit the mayor and and has some sort of power. Mm-hmm. And you have the peacekeepers, and and so you have like little snippets, and you know, okay, people aren't supposed to be selling things in the bla- on the black market, and they're not supposed to hunt, and you have like little bits of it, but you and you know that Peta's family has more resources than Katniss's family, mm-hmm. but Peta's family also was mainly making things for the richer mm-hmm. of District Twelve, and so so we get little snapshots, but not in a way that gives me a real understanding of exactly how it was working and and the the injustices in society just within the district itself Mm -hmm. and then as well as in the capital were what is there a a working class in the capital at all or is everybody rich or what is you know what are what are those differences and we get a little bit of okay, there are people with secrets and there's political things mm. and people are, you know, poisoning each other and, and all of that, but we, we don't get a lot. So, yeah, that, okay. that I would have really enjoyed.
1: Totally. Imagine The Hunger Games written by J.R. Tolkien. like a detailed breakdown of the differences between the districts and like (laughs) how these things work out like well
0: we just need a uh um a lot of appendices yeah tons of appendices
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah
0: but in general i mean she did add so many elements of justice to the books like so much more than i'm used to in any series Mm -hmm. i've read so yeah yeah
1: yeah all right well then what are your takeaways
0: My takeaways are to have you go first, while I think.
1: Okay. I think my takeaway is that this book, like, it really deals with the gray area of humanity. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, it deals in the gray areas of what people do. And I think that that is so clearly seen in that the protagonist is Katniss, who is not the hero, you know? Peeta is the closest thing to a hero that we get especially in the first mm-hmm. two books with his ideas of justice and doing what's right. Yeah. Katniss is more of an anti-hero, you know. She's someone who does things that are right-ish but does them for wrongish reasons and sometimes, sometimes? doesn't do them mm-hmm. what's right anyway, you know. Like she mm-hmm. does just straight up murder some people like before mm-hmm. she even, you know, realizes whether they're an enemy or not, yeah. you know, especially towards that last battle in the end and it's uh there's a lot of gray there. And then like what we're talking about with the prep team, I think even brings that even further, you know, that there are people who are part of oppressive regimes that are seen in a more uh, sympathetic light, you know, Mm -hmm. and people who are being oppressed who are seen in a less sympathetic light. And I think that that is so amazing. But I'm really impressed by the fact that, especially with my new headcanon, (laughs) the while the story presents us with so many morally gray characters, including the protagonist, Mm -hmm. the idea of what is just and more, more, more specifically what is unjust,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I think isn't gray. Yeah. You know, there is no, uh, when Katniss kills people, you know, even if she herself is not thinking that she's wrong, the way that it's presented, especially in the first person present tense Mm -hmm. way of doing it, where Mm -hmm. we're in her brain as she's doing it like it can feel so jarring and so bleak and so wrong Mm -hmm. and i think that makes it so that the book as a whole looks at the theme of justice in not a gray way but Mm -hmm. in a way that says people will do these terrible things during war but they're still terrible things Mm
0: -hmm. and and i think that she really gets that where i don't know that everybody will pick up on that when mm-hmm. they they read the books or watch the movies but i think that she really accomplishes that by sometimes just adding one short sentence mm. after an action is done that shows that it's not okay whereas maybe in a different book you'd just be like oh and she shot this person and blah blah blah, blah you know but there's always some little acknowledgement if not big acknowledgement for how things really haunt Katniss and and she does have remorse really for everybody she's killed and that's that's the thing with the books that I really love it's not none of none of those actions are just justified it was like oh well it was it was fair, it was the right thing to do or it was okay because of this. It was that whenever you're killing anyone, like something terrible has happened Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't just go away, which I really appreciate. And I think my main takeaway is that the, the book, the books and movies present different, ways of thinking about justice mm-hmm. and where there is validity to different ones and they make sense. They're not just way out there. But I think as you said, there is a clarity mm-hmm. in what is right and what is wrong. Because when we look at PETA he he does these subversive acts and they're important and mm-hmm. I think that they're right and you have Gail doing something completely different. Through a subversion like PETA's, would the capital have ever been overthrown? Mm. Probably not. Does that mean that what Gail did is right and what PETA did isn't? I don't think so. But it just that's what I love about the books is they they pose a lot of questions but throughout each action, they're still saying, no, this isn't right. And yeah. I think that the ends don't justify the means.
1: Um,
0: yeah, so I don't know. It's all... It's it's great. I love the Hunger Games.
1: They're very good.
0: They're brilliant.
1: I mean, the games themselves aren't good. No, the no, not not
0: those ones. No,
1: the books yeah. are excellent. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> there are better games to play.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess that's going to lead us into... Uh, ...what we're up to for next week, right?
0: Yeah. So, next week we are going to talk about... ...Avatar The Last Airbender. And if any of you haven't seen... ...this absolutely superb show... ...you really should. Because it's fantastic. And it took me a little while to get into. But once you get in, you are in because it gets so good.
1: It, it's really excellent. It's one of the best cartoons of all time.
0: It's one of the best shows of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's very very good. So uh, it'll be interesting because it's our first one. That's um, just a TV show, and it's like, not book and well, movie. Exactly. Star combo. Wars is just movies. Although yeah. There are some for the books most we part, we haven't got into really yeah, yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a kind of a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. And but. um I'm excited for it?
0: Yeah, Avatar has so many rich topics. and that's the thing is
1: these themes are going to be like as we're coming with these themes. I think mm-hmm. a lot of them. When I was like, "Ooh, avatars is going to be really interesting with that." So,
0: absolutely.
1: Uh, much also a much lighter one probably than the Hunger Games. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like
1: <laughs> there's some darkness I mean, there.
0: I don't know, like, but
1: there's also a lot of light.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we are going to pair Avatar last. Airbender. Oh, and not the movie. We're not. We're not dealing with the movie because. That's terrible.
1: Wait, there's things other than the movie?
0: What? Oh my gosh. Just no. Anyways, the TV show. <laughs> we are pairing it with Doubt.
1: Ooh, Doubt and Avatar. Yeah. That'll be very interesting. Ooh. Ooh. Mmm. Mmm. Ah. <laughs> um, all right. Well well I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash Geek the Lines. Or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash Geek the Lines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor-Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. With that, we're going to see you next week. Thanks very much. Geek, Geek out! out.